welcome to the podcast today. A special episode? I don't... How about this? It's a very boring adjective. Um, Tuesday, March 15th, 1.33. We're already done today's um, podcast episode. This is just the intro. Not special. I could use one I word, important. Um, how about today's a very informative episode of the podcast. Um, I teased it at the end of yesterday's episode. There is a young woman, uh, Alana Machenko, who has been in a lot of local news stories. And we've talked a little bit about the conflict over there, the invasion. Um, but we've kept it pretty superficial and on the outside. Talked a little bit about gas prices, although I did see, take this for what it's worth, uh, barrels of oil are below $100 today. That's really good. Uh, I waited. I'll get gas on the way home. It was 409 a lot of places. It's possible with those barrels coming down, um, it'll drop below 4 bucks. Whoever thought we'd be happy to pay $3.99 or $3.97 for gas. Um, I go home every night. And as you'll hear me tell Alana, I catch up with what's going on uh, with the invasion and the attack on Ukraine and how we are or aren't supporting it. And I feel like I'm pretty up to speed with things, but I still have questions. Alana has been uh, the focal point of a lot of news stories lately. If you just look her up, um, Toledo News, you'll get every news site that she's uh, visited with. And she and uh, a friend, another person, have created Toledo Helps Ukraine. That's the Facebook page. And if you can't get to the end of this, because I asked for Alana's origin story, um, just please follow that page on Facebook. Toledo Helps Ukraine. There's also Toledo Helps Ukraine at gmail.com. Um, at this point, not sure if you... The best way to help is uh, is just following things along there because there could be lots of refugees um, coming to our community. Not, and I don't. That's that's relative, um, but I know that my Jewish Federation friends are going to get to work on some things, and many of the refugees I don't have a number are very likely Jewish. So obviously that means something to me, and I wanted to connect uh, Lana with my Jewish Federation friends. Now I want to collect uh, connect. Lana Machenko with you. All right, we're officially beginning, okay? Yeah. And I uh, I apologize. Of, I believe I was mispronouncing your name. I thought it was Alona. It's Alana? It's been Americanized, yes. It's Alana. In, in Ukrainian, it sounds different, but we decided to. What, what's, what's it in Ukraine? It's Alona. Okay. Um, thank you for, one, doing all that you've done to coordinate and bring Toledo together, and we'll get to that shortly. Um, but I'm pretty certain there are many people who are only understanding what's going on over in Ukraine and, and the war, uh, the attack on Ukraine by, by Russia, um, like we just talked about off the microphone, because their gas prices are really high. Can we go backwards and maybe explain what you did a couple of minutes ago? Um, why is Russia doing this? It has a several historical reasons, um, besides the fact that the leader of the Russian country is uh, um, not clear-minded. Mm. However, Ukraine was under threat for the cent- for centuries, mm-hmm. and um, my own opinion is um, it's because Ukraine is located um, in the center of Europe between between two parts um, on the continent, and it's 
on top of that, it's very fruitful soil there. Um, yeah, I, I've seen recently, and people might have educated themselves, and it's been, for all the misinformation we've had to deal with the last couple of years with COVID, it, it seems like news sources have done a better job with this, where I think a couple of weeks ago, um, people had heard that not much of our oil and gas comes from Russia, but uh, a lot of, uh, from Ukraine, but Ukraine gives a lot of their oil to places in Europe and everything is interconnected. Um, you mentioned uh, the Russian president and not clear-minded, and it was interesting that you said that. Uh, I... We can all support and defend. We can all support and defend Ukraine. But I had remember hearing what he said and how he said it about how the people in the place shouldn't exist. And I used uh, the word zealot. Uh, so going beyond clear-minded, like like things that we read about in history books as kids. And he certainly had that mindset. Um, one of the other things that I try to to separate but you tell me if i'm right or wrong um like when there's criticism of of china as as an american enemy um china is like a big broad thing and it's not necessarily china there are the chinese people but the government is it the same thing here where it's it's putin who wants this not necessarily the russian people or do we not know because we just don't know what the the mind of a russian person is I might need to make a disclosure that I don't have a political science major. <laughs> However, I, I'll do my best. Sure, that's for what it was, it would be my own opinion. Sure. Uh, from what we see from our personal experiences, talking to to relatives who are still in Russia, um, unfortunately, the majority of people trust their government, mm-hmm. and we don't know the reasons. Is it a fear? Is it? some sort of a connection that people already have to their lives and, and, and not willing to surrender because to talk back to someone who is that controlling like Russian government, it's not easy decision. You may disappear or be poisoned as has happened in the past. That That's correct. Yeah. And we have a lot of relatives who are disagreeing was, was what is happening in Ukraine. They think it's, it's, it's um, normal. It's an operation and it's for the best for Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. And that information, it's very hurtful to hear. We try to separate ourselves from those conversations because they're still our blood relatives, which is unfortunate. And and, and concentrate on, on, their, on the goals that are more meaningful or how to help Ukrainian citizens right now. In a couple of minutes, we'll talk about how people here in Toledo can help you help uh, Ukraine and some of the places they can go. Um, when tell me about the the origin story of yourself. Uh, where were you born? Uh, when when did you move? Give me your your background, if you would. I was born in a in a city called Kremenchuk. It's a central part of Ukraine. Uh, my parents um, were an entrepreneurs who successfully established their business in a post-USSR economy when U- U- Ukraine became independent in 1991. Um, at the age of 19, I moved to a bigger city, like we all do. <laughs> we moved from city like Toledo to a bigger one. No more cows. <laughs> We're going to a bigger place. This is good to see you smile. Well, my, uh, my, my native city is uh, 
the same size as Toledo. Okay. And, and, and I would have a courage to compare that have the same significance, like industrial, it's industrial city, mm-hmm. same significance as, as, as Toledo would. Uh, hardworking people, um, lots of plants, uh, factories, and um, it's, it's on the river as well. So I, I feel very related to Toledo the for that pl- reason. So the place you moved to is like Toledo or were you... Gr- moved- grew up and raised. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you were 19 years old and then what happened after I, that? I decided to go to, to, to college. I got a scholarship and I moved to the capital of Ukraine, Kiev. That's where I obtained my bachelor's and master's degree and simultaneously held a, a teaching job. Um, back then, um, as you became a young adult, um, was there this kind of discrimination, dislike that you could feel from Russian people, the Russian government? Growing up as a, as a, a citizen of, of a central uh, part of, of Ukraine, we historically develop a, our own dialect. is language that mixed together Russian and Ukrainian. And um, there is a saying, if you speak this mixed language, you consider by by um, Russian community are not intelligent and not mm. educated person. However, I tend to believe it's it's not up to me. I grew up like that, and it was historically we developed that dialect. But when I became a teacher, I uh, I had to learn to speak either either Russian or or Ukrainian as a as a professional. Sure. Um, rather than that, um, I I don't remember any any arrogance from from Russians. Uh, his, history would tell that, yes, in the history books we study that Tsar, they wanted to um, discriminate Ukrainian people. We remember the Holodomor, 1932 uh, and 1933 years when the nation, Ukrainian nation, was um, uh, starved to death. And there were a By lot of that was the Stalin stuff we learned about when, yeah. we were, when we were kids, right? Yeah, and that was true, and, and it's happened after Tsar fail. fail. Um, historically, yes, Ukraine was always discriminated by, by Russian society. Personally, when I was growing up, all I knew is if I, if I meet someone from Russia, I better speak clear Russian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. You became a teacher, uh, got great degrees. What about when you were in your when you're in your mid twenties? When did you make your decision um, to come here? Um, I uh, unfortunately w- was a witness of the revolution that happened in twenty fourteen at end of twenty fourteen, beginning of twenty fifteen, and um, that's the year when when I graduate. Ukrainian people. Uh, didn't want to agree for pro-Russian government that encouraged everyone to join the Russian way of of, uh, of living. Um, everybody needs to understand that Ukrainians are free-willed people. They are they independent. For the, the country was independent for thirty years, and they very much appreciate the liberty that they have. And that's how I was raised, and we were slowly but surely building a country. My parents were part of it. Everyone was. And in in 2014, the the government 
the pro-Russian government announced that we're joining Russia and Ukrainian people didn't like that. Sure. Seeing what happened there in Kyiv, 20 minutes away from my apartment that I was renting, um, prompted me to to leave everything I have and um, ask and seek for help. How hard was it? Where are your parents? My parents still stayed in in Kremenchuk, the city I was raised. Um, they were surprised too, but it was four hours away from 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 that revolution that happened. Hundred people were shot, and some of them was were my acquaintances, the people I see in college. Uh, they not necessarily were my friends, but I you know knew them. their faces. Sure. Um, are your parents okay now? Uh, my parents uh, uh, successfully escaped. Good. Uh, on Thursday, the day of my rally. Um, and that's one of the stories that people might have seen with you on the local news, and I'm just catching up with all the stuff. Forgive, forgive me for that. No, that's uh, all right. But I also wanted to ask you this in person on the podcast, if there are others like me. Um, well, I'm glad to hear your parents say, where can I ask you where they are now, or would that jeopardize their safety? Not that this podcast is going global. Uh, it's absolutely not going to jeopardize their safety. <laughs> they are they're in, in Poland. Good. They are like others uh, who fled Ukraine, came with nothing. They immediately lost their jobs and savings because a lot of money took to just run away. You have to pay a person to drive. Not every Ukrainian person has a car. And honestly, I don't think every Ukrainian has a saving account. Sure. People live paycheck to paycheck. Like like here, like a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and who knows if your parents will ever be able to go back to what they had. And that's, I'm sure, one of the reasons why you decided to start raising supplies and funds and so much work. And I promise you we'll get to that. I love asking people questions. You might have already seen that. Um, to rewind a little bit, um, did you move, when you were looking for places to come here and decided to, to leave, um, did you pick Toledo? Did you come that's directly a, here? That's a good question. I am I was placed to Toledo through the program that I participate. Okay. Uh, and I am very happy We're, that happened. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Um, uh, tell me about your first impressions. Like literally, when you first got here to Toledo, what did you notice? What did you? What, what drew you? What kind of made it feel like home? When I was in my twenties, I wanted to live in a big city, and I tried that for six years while I was hustling to obtain my education and simultaneously working. Five years later, I realized how difficult it is Yeah, to keep up with rent, face this adult life, and it, it was it was doable. However, you have to hustle. Yes. When the revolution started, um, the economy crashed, and the currency prompted in value, and I was no longer um, able to, to, to pay for my apartments. And I understood that I have to have either a few more jobs or or um, I, I didn't have a, a second plan B and I always do have a plan B. Well, I did have four more jobs for a year and it put me at the rat race mode. Yeah. In a year working like that, that's when I decided to apply for any program that can temporarily move me from Ukraine where I can seek for help, learn more experience from other people and come back and be very employable, pop up my resume. 
um, and I got to Toledo, and my first impression was that it's not as as fast as the capital of Ukraine because it would be a comparable to New York where everybody is Russian, nobody notices each other. When in Toledo, people are very um, sympathetic and, and paying attention of what's around them and not indifferent. And that was the first impression that I have. Um, let me share a little bit of my story and I can totally relate. So I'm originally from Philadelphia. Um, I moved away. I moved to Detroit 20 years ago. I moved around a bunch of places because uh, this job does that. And then four and a half years ago, my job went away. Um, but I had seen that, like what you're doing right now, I had made an impact on the community, speaking about mental health, my animals, um, and people noticed that and they reached out to me. So um, I could never live... You have your stuff in Rossford right now, right? <laughs> or like where you grew up. Small towns are not my thing. But this is a good balance of we can go 20 minutes and be in the middle of nowhere, but we can also drive 10 minutes down the trail and be in a great downtown. And it's a it's a great balance. And to your point as well, um, it's very noticeable to me. And when I have people here that go to the East Coast, like Philadelphia, New York, and Washington, uh, people there are a lot meaner and it's a lot faster, and people here are a lot more friendly. It's a little more slow-paced, and like you, this has become my home. Like I'm not leaving. No more radio jobs. Like this is home because of that good balance. For it's a little bit of everything. So we relate in that regard, and I'm glad that you've seen that about Toledo. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. There, I do have some to wrap that up. I I have some friends who live in Philadelphia. Um, Detroit's a little different because it's only like an hour away and some of them come here for like mud hens and walleye games or the zoo. But when I tell my Philadelphia friends that I live in Toledo, they're like, do you see cows on the highway? I'm like, No, just Jeeps. <laughs> just, that's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny to, when we, when we have the, the opportunity like we've had to travel and see different places and see different lifestyles, it's great to get out of our, our silos and experience different lifestyles. But I'm very glad you're here. Um, I know there are a lot of people who have seen your story. Um, thanks for sharing your, your origin story. I greatly appreciated it. Um, and knowing that your parents are okay. So um, I never want to speak too broadly or too general, but many have seen the atrocities that are happening right now with this this unrelenting war. Every day I, I read what I call good news and see that Putin is not accomplishing his goals and it's terrible, the loss of life in, in Ukraine. Uh, and the president, I would say, is, can I say valiant? How would you, how would you describe him? The person of the century. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, the funny memes and graphics and Captain America, Captain Ukraine, it, it's incredible. And um, I've seen some stories recently that have illustrated his heroism and his line, which may be on a statue one day, I need ammunition, not a ride. I would say that um, his, I, I, I think like many people, we didn't know much about this, this fellow up until a couple weeks ago. And then to find out he was in a Paddington movie. He was a comedian, like you can find him on YouTube. Um, I would say that some of those traits that made him good at that are what makes him the perfect person to lead 
the people of Ukraine through this right now because he he knows how to deliver a message. And maybe more than anything, other than ammunition, messaging is so important right now. And to stand up to the bully that is the Russian government is probably, like we talked about off the air, one of the things that has brought everyone um, to his back and to his support. If I'm wrong at all, please throw something at me because no, I... you sound very prepared and educated in this matter <laughs> I, I i agree with every word you said i would add that i was a, a huge fan of uh president zelensky when he was a comedian was he good was he was he entertaining he was number one good he was number one and and he started his career in russia because russia was a, a hard place where you start your comedian career sure however as i understood when he was younger um he, he he was outspoken like that too and he was strong about his opinion and that is why he left Russian comedian community and went to Ukraine and started from a zero and become the very successful one and then it was not enough you know when he grew up the big business and have everything he ever needed he, he had love from a people he have financial viability and yet he wanted to make his country better, um, he he was he is Jewish. He was raised in a family of of professors, I think, and very intelligent people. They did force him to to graduate from um, for, and, and obtain, I think, a law career. I, I I'm not sure what exactly his major was. However, he was always passionate about um, comedian satire. 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 Um, and when he successfully established that, he decided he wanted more impact. He wanted actual impact. Yeah. And I understand him because being a business owner in in a government which wanted to be pro-Russian and very controlling, when you don't have a freedom of, of trading and, and building your independent business, when everything is um, connected to nepotism, that Unfortunately, Russia was imposing on pro-Russian government in Ukraine. I understand now why he was doing it. And uh, watching his interview when he just decided he's going running for president, it's still in my mind. And right. that is why I can repeat all of that because I listened that three hours interview and I was so impressed. Um, I want to talk about politics here just for a moment. And again, you've already disclosed you're not an expert. Um, the topics we discuss on this show are very much against the previous president of this country. Um, not necessarily the politics, but just his decency or lack thereof. Um, Yet Putin still didn't attack Ukraine during the last presidency. Um, some would say that the previous president was simply a puppet for... Um, but I don't want to get too, too demeaning. We have left that person in the rearview mirror, thankfully. Um there was um, a boom across the entire world, and I think Europe as well. The word it was the P word, uh, where populism became a thing, and the common person, like a Zelensky, and I think some others as well, um, ran for leadership in their governments in Europe and other places, South America. Um, and my, I guess the short version of my question is. Are Zelensky's views, and I would guess you're aligned with people like you and I, he doesn't seem like the person who would align with the, the Trumpist ways. And if you can't answer that, totally fine. 
I guess I'm not able to. Okay. Okay. I I believe you, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky sta- stands for Ukraine. Okay. And his goal is to unite Ukrainian people who are also divided after pro-Russian government implicitly imposed on them different ideas of what's good and what's bad. And it's difficult to decide when you're trying to provide day-to-day meal on your table. Therefore, I know that Zelensky was aimed to unite uh, citizens of Ukraine. If you can say the same about previous president of the United States, then that means he's related. And if you can't say that, that would be my conclusion. Would you say that President Zelensky went about trying to unite the Ukrainian people in a more humane and decent way than the last president here? When, I, when when Zelensky became a president, I was already in the United States. Okay. And it's hard for me to tell rather than watch the same media sure. as you do and, and talk to, to people in Ukraine. I know he absolutely won elections. There was no question. There sure. was zero, little, little percentage of his opponent who got the votes. The rest of them were for Zelensky. Um, and at the same time, even though I was in the United States, I was not able to comprehend uh, the political situation in this country due to being new in the country and not not operating the language skills and even understanding how the system works. And for that reason, I entered the law school. So I can't, I can't say that. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I guess because my only fear, and I would address this another time, there are pressing things with President Zelensky in Ukraine right now. Um, defeating the evil that has invaded your country. I would hate to think at some point, not that the Russian government is the good guy, but the Zelensky, President Zelensky is someone like the past president here. Um, and I don't think that's the case. Uh, this I, is absolutely not true. Perfect. That was the, that, That's what I was looking for. That's what I thought. And Awesome. Because as I've learned, like when I was uh, when I was became a U.S. history nerd, um, wasn't th- something that I studied. But the 19th century here after our Civil War became fascinating to me, and we had a popular a populism movement um, around the 19th century, and to me, populism always meant uh, democratic ways and liberal. But the previous president here was called a populist. And as I quickly learned, populism can be on both sides of the political spectrum. So, I don't think Zelensky would pursue uh, other goals rather than unite Ukraine, improve the economy, put Ukraine in in an even field with other countries. He wanted to grow the economy support independence and make a country better. And if that's what the United States president did on his previous term, we can compare it. You you are the better judge than I am. And I can I, only speak for what sure. I've seen. And I thank you for trying to answer. Um, I appreciate that. And I guess we can even, we can distill it down to this. The last president, and I don't mean to keep slamming him, but this is what it is. As you said, he never said Putin is an evil man. And if you're not willing to call somebody your enemy, 
that says a lot about your character. Does the current president say that? In a lot more politically decent ways as past presidents have than as opposed to the previous president. Right. So, and like when, like as China is now being warned to not tacitly support Russia. Okay. So. Well, I tend to believe that the words do have a meaning. Sure. But more meaning is actions yes. behind those words. Yeah. We can, we can talk all day long and we are on podcast right now. However, if we don't combine it with actions, there's... There is absolute uh, um, no results. Talk and talk and talk. It's it's not something that we have to look at the president as his role. He only he not only have to talk but act. Mm-hmm. Um, your actions here have been remarkable. Thank you and your partner for doing this and creating this. Um, in short, uh, Toledo helps Ukraine is the Facebook page, right? That's kind of the hub for everything. Um, how can those who want to know more about it, those who want to help, how can they be a part of what you're doing? And now that you've told the story, um, how can people help the suffering that's going on over there? Uh, people like your parents who may be refugees, which we've already seen, um, and many of whom will, because this is a decent place to live here in the country, will be here. How can we help all of those people? Our idea erased of of um, a necessity to help. Um, talking to people in Ukraine who was terrified and paralyzed with the fear made us take immediate actions. When you see someone who is authority to you, your parents, your teachers, neighbors, when they tell you we don't know what to do, for me, it means I have to act because this is very scary then for them and I can only imagine what's going on if, if the people who always knew what to do now do not know. That's where the idea of originally raise awareness in, in a city like Toledo and educate everyone of what is going on because there was a lot of misinformation from, from a Russian part of a community. E- even here in Toledo, some, some people from Russia try to to convince us that it's a, a good thing that Putin doing and we immediately you know cut those branches and and, and those people no longer are part of our social media or anything and conversation um, all of those reasons prompt us to have first a rally that we organized and there were no talk at that moment about the refugees or any help people in Poland because when we started, it was the second day of the war, people in Ukraine didn't know what to do. Right. Yet we already felt, I felt internally that I have to do something. Um, over these two and a half weeks, it's, it, it's, been, it's a, been a lot of miracles. It's, it's been <laughs> uh, puzzles just came together and we were able to um, create goals and, and uh, build a structure to the things we're doing. But the most importantly, we receive the feedback of the community here. I receive overwhelming amount of emails that connected to face- Facebook group. We have a designated email, uh, to little helps Ukraine at gmail.com. And after that rally, 
that was attended by 380 people. Wow. We were prepared. We created a special sheet where the people can sign in and people would trust in with their addresses and phone numbers. And, and on top of that, they add a talent and skills that they are willing to share awesome. in order to help Toledo Helps Ukraine achieve their goal. And as you mentioned before we got on the podcast, this was a rainbow, a tapestry of all kinds of people who look completely different, right? Yeah, that's true. That, that was uh, delightful to see people unite together, regardless of political belief, uh, uh, preference with religion, or even age. Mm -hmm. It was held in a university, which would you expect to come just a young, young people, but we had people of all ages who came and wanted to stand with Ukraine. Um, I know you're still putting all, all this together. You, There's one phrase that you've said to me in the 36 hours or 30 hours that we've connected. I love it. I, I love, I pride myself on candor and authenticity. And I love that you said, if it sounds like we don't know what we're doing, it's because we don't. <laughs> um, but, and I don't mean that in, in a bad way at all. Um, I wish I could have reached out to help you sooner. And hopefully I've been helpful. I'm going to keep being as much help as I can um, because you're just figuring this out as you, as you go along. And it, it, like we talked about, this is not like a 5K raising money for cancer research. This is like an immediate thing happening as a current event. Um, and we're all kind of learning uh, what's happening over as we're doing. We're educating people what's happening over there, what's needed. Um, so again, thank you. You're not doing anything wrong at all. I think you're a phenomenal human being. Um, how, how can people here help? Is it money? Is it supplies? Is it just keep listening? What is it? How can they help? I would like to add that we're not ashamed of the fact that we don't know what we're doing. Not at all. You should we, not be. We, we, um, we encouraged by the feelings that inside of us that is, is thriving to help. And we're more encouraged by the input that surrounding community is willing to give. And even with not knowing what tomorrow brings, it gives us a motivation and desire to keep on learning and, and doing better next day. And if someone wants to do better, they're always welcome. Um, how people can help? Um, they can join our group, Toledo Helps Ukraine, uh, watch the news there, watch the updates. Uh, um, awareness, maybe events that we will, we are planning on, on putting together soon. Um, 